This is 100 Days of Dante, a podcast journey through Dante's divine comedy, one canto at a time. Join us online at 100daysofdante.com. Let's read together. Come l'augello, intralamate fronde, posato al nido dei suoi dolci nati, la notte che le cose ci nasconde, che per vederli aspetti disiati e per trovar lo cibo onde li pasca, in che gravi labor li sono aggrati, previene il tempo in sua aperta frasca e con ardente affetto il sole aspetta, piso guardando pur che l'alba nasca. As does the bird among beloved branches, when through the night that hides things from us, she has rested near the nest of her sweet fledglings, and on an open branch anticipates the time when she can see their longed-for faces and find the food with which to feed them, cord that pleases her, however hard her labors as she awaits the sun with warm affection, steadfastly watching for the dawn to break. The tender image of the mother bird longing for the new day that opens the 23rd canto of Paradiso intends to describe the mood of Beatrice craving for the Christ who is about to appear in the sky in which the pilgrim and his guide have entered. Nevertheless, that bird might even depict Dante himself and his mysterious journey in which human desire and divine gifts, human frailties and divine fulfillment are so deeply intertwined. Dante is really the bird that anticipates the time steadfastly watching for the dawn to break, because he is firmly sure of sun's arrival, though it continues to perceive and suffer its lack. With Canto 23, Paradiso enters in its core section, composed of five cantos, the longest group of cantos devoted to just one part of heaven. Dante and Beatrice, have left the heaven of Saturn and enter now in the eighth heaven, that is the firmament, that starry sky that is the definitive doorway to the world of God. We are in a very particular heaven, the last one that can be seen from the earth, and that constitutes the point of division between the visible and the invisible, the human and the divine sphere. It is along this threshold that eternity becomes history and time starts its course. Here, the meeting between God and man continuously happens. Here, Dante intends to celebrate and judge the Church, the community who, by the will of Jesus and the help of His grace, bears the huge responsibility to let the divine life of peace and justice be present and fruitful among the contradictions of human history. Two more similitudes contribute, according to Dante's idea, 
to underline the beauty of God's creation, its desire and need of divine completion. The image of the full moon that laughs among the stars and that one of the sun shining over flowing fields. Like trivia, at the full moon in clear skies, smiling among the everlasting nymphs who decorate all reaches of the sky. And then the second image, under a ray of sun that limpid streams down from a broken cloud, my eyes have seen, while shade was shielding them, a flower meadow. The world is full of violence and contradictions, Dante argues, though it continues to shine and announce that yes, it is wonderful, exactly because it is God's creation and is waiting for God's coming, needs God's coming in order to save that beauty and perfection. Paradiso 23 is also the canto in which, because of its Frontier position, Dante reveals for the very first time all his doubts and fears about the task he is bringing on writing his poem. Will he be able to bear the heavy weight of such an enterprise? Will he succeed in his effort to sing in poetry such a difficult matter? Will the Italian language, that language Dante is almost creating out of nothing, be good enough to describe such a world? If all the tongues that Polymnia, together with her sisters, made most rich with sweetest milk, should come now to assist my singing of the holy smile that lit the holy face of Beatrice, the truth would not be reached, not its one thousandth part. And thus, in representing paradise, the sacred poem has to leap across, as does a man who finds his path, his path cut off. But he who thinks upon the weighty team and on the mortal shoulder bearing it will lay no blame if, burdened so, I tremble. This is no crossing for a little bark the sea that my Odosho's pro now clears, nor for a healthman who would spare himself. Dante is here pre-announcing the magnificent opening of Canto 25 that speaks of the same heaven, where he will reveal himself fully aware of the special nature of the composition of the Commedia, a work, he says, shared by heaven and by earth, a real gift of God that, through Dante, will benefit the entire world and particularly help the Church. The mention of his baptism in the same verses is quite something else than casual. In order to rediscover the Church's original identity and task. There are four key moments in Paradiso 23, in direct relation to its borderline position between the visible and invisible heavens, between the human and the divine world, 
of the eighth heaven. Four visions which the pilgrim experiences in this order. First, a vision of the advent of Christ, then a vision of the ascension of Christ, third, a vision of the Annunciation of the Virgin, and the last one is the vision of the Assumption of the Virgin. It's clear, it's clear that these visions are out of chronological order, given that in history the Annunciation of Mary's pregnancy precedes the advent of Christ's birth. Four graceful events that are at the origins of the Church and of its irreplaceable and saving task for all humankind. In the first vision, Christ appears in his triumph, surrounded by all the souls whom he has redeemed. And Beatrice said, There you see the troops of the triumphant Christ, and all the fruits in gather from the turning of these fears. The pilgrim sees a sun that lights 1,000 lamps, and within that living light he sees its glowing substance so bright that his gaze cannot sustain it. I saw a sun above a thousand lamps. It kindled all of them as does our sun, candle the sights above us here on earth, and through its living light the glowing substance appeared to me with such intensity. My vision lacked the power to sustain it. Once again, Dante declares his impotence in facing the power of the vision and immediately seems to look for the help of Beatrice in the process of his poem's composition itself. The description suddenly stops and, the, and an exclamation follows that could appear totally out of context. O oh, Beatrice, dolce guida e cara. O oh, Beatrice, sweet guide and dear. A wonderful verse, unique of this kind in the entire Commedia, absolutely simple and pure, a vertex of Dante poetry that only here in Paradiso can find its definitive perfection, clarity and grace. We are indeed in the core of Dante's compositional effort. Beatrice immediately replies to Dante's claim and invites him to look again toward the glory of Christ so that he will be able to contemplate his ascension. O kindly power that imprints them thus, you rose on high to leave space for my eyes. For where I was, they were too weak to see you. After Christ's ascension and the vanishing of the great light of his glory, Dante can now admire the lights of the blessed and among them the greatest flame of the Virgin Mary. In truth, the last portion of this canto is fully devoted to her, according to Dante's special feeling for the Mother of God. The name of that fay flower which I always invoke at morning and at evening drew my mind completely to the greatest flame.
Christ is the light of the church, but the Virgin Mary is our help and solace on earth. To her protection, our human destinies are totally entrusted. In particular, Dante contemplates the beloved mother in the crucial event of her life, the moment in which the Archangel Gabriel heralds her, the young girl of Nazareth, that she will be the mother of Jesus. Once again, it is impossible for Dante to describe the beauty and perfection of the melody that accompanies the dance and words of the Archangel, but he is nevertheless able to rapper the words of the Archangel, who declares his intentions to accompany the Virgin Mary in her assumption to the supreme sphere where her son awaits for his mother. I am angelic love who feel around that high gladness inspired by the womb that was the dwelling place of our desire. So shall I circle, Lady of Heaven, until you, following your Son, have made that sphere supreme, still more divine by entering it. The description of the blessed who stretch out toward the Virgin Mary as children out of their mothers during her assumption brings us back to the maternal image of the mother bird caring for her little ones in a sort of frame that encircles the wool canto. And like an infant who when it has taken its milk, extends its arms out to its, to its mother, its feeling kindling into outward flame, each of those blessed splendors stretched its peak upward, so that the deep affection each possessed for Mary was made plain to me. Mary, having left the eighth heaven, the blessed starts singing the antiphon Regina Celli, the Marian song that perfectly fits in Paradiso, while Salve Regina is perfectly suitable in Purgatorio. Regina Celli, the Queen of Heaven, is a song that announces Jesus' resurrection and can perfectly introduce the last image of the canto that one of St. Peter's triumph inside the church. Here, under the high Son of God and Mary, together with the ancient and the new councils, he triumphs in his victory, he who is keeper of the keys of glory. The particular position of the eighth heaven between the human and the divine world is also the main teaching we can get from this canto. Our human lives continuously experience this contradiction and suffering of our human condition. According to the French philosopher Paul Ricoeur, man himself is a mixture of original affirmation and existential negation. Man is the happiness of yes in the sadness of Finnish world. To find a good and steady equilibrium between the two dimensions is indeed one of the highest achievements 
in our life. Thank you for reading Dante's Divine Comedy with us. Continue the journey at 100daysofdante.com. 100 Days of Dante is brought to you by the Baylor University Honors College with support from the Tory Honors College at Biola University, the Templeton Honors College at Eastern University, the University of Dallas, Whitworth University, and Gonzaga University in Florence.